The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty Radio uh, show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, SonsOfLibertyRadio.com, and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, Head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and there you're going to see um, two videos at the top of the page. One on the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday, so if you missed that and you want to catch it, you can do so up until 3 p.m. Eastern today, at which time he'll be live in that area. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up whatever device you got, look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that and join us in the chat on Rumble. A lot of friends over there this morning. Good to see you guys. Wow, a lot of people over there this morning. Um, for this time, right? Starting off, it's a lot of people. Anyway, it's great to see you guys. Good morning. And uh, while you're over there, please be sure to subscribe to the channel. Um, Sons of Liberty Radio Live is the name of the channel. Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble. And then finally, over on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page, uh, we are streaming live over there, courtesy of Michael Roach and his team. We thank them for that. Right up under where we're streaming live on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. It's top right, right up under there. Uh, where we're streaming. That goes out once a day, late afternoon, early evening. Please sign up for that. You know, we're we're highly censored over there. I, you just probably wouldn't even believe it if I told you the numbers and everything of what it is. But we're still moving along. We're still going for right now. And uh, Lord willing, we're going to keep going and until um, we're through everything. Uh, but head over there, do that, set that up. And then, of course, in our store, don't forget the Soldier of the Cross book. We've also got the bundle that's at the top of the store. You can get there by going to sonsoflibertymedia.com, the little store icon or menu at the top. And then also you can get there by going to thesonsofliberty.squarespace.com, thesonsoflibertymedia.squarespace.com. All right, two things. First of all, um, I forgot on the 12th of this month to mention a uh, happy birthday to my son, and today I'm mentioning, and that's Dakota, and I'm mentioning happy birthday to Gracie this morning, sweet 16, and uh, yeah, we're going to celebrate today uh, the life that God has given her, and I tell you what, I, I hope that the Lord will use each of my kids 
for his glory. I really, I really do. I really desire that for them. Um, and each one's different. <laughs> That's the thing. It's interesting to see differences of interests, differences of giftings, differences of just personality. And the Lord's made them all. And it's it's just, I know it's a fascinating thing. That's that's number one. Um, the, the second one was, somebody said, the title of the show today sounds like one of those jokes, you know, the three guys go into the bar kind of thing. Well, that's kind of what I was going to do. I was going to say, come on the Sons of Liberty. But I said, that's probably not. That's a little... Maybe that's a little clickbaity or whatever. I don't know. Um, but in any case, we're going to talk about several things here. In fact, one of them we're going to make mention of uh, our friend and contributor, Suzanne Hamner, is in the chat. And so I'm going to make reference to one of her articles that she sent me. Because uh, I think she made a good point in pointing some things out here as far as um, some stuff that we're seeing going on up out of D.C. Um, but i tell you what, let's start off with this one. This is not part of the title. This took place, let's see, this would have taken place, today is Friday, this would have taken place Tuesday. This was in San Francisco, and for those of you on the radio, you won't be able to see it, obviously, Um, but it is the Chinese president, President Xi, coming in to... San Francisco, and they took down all the American flags and they left up Chinese banners and Chinese flags. Yeah, take a look at this. Wait, I moved it over. Uh, X is becoming like YouTube. You can't watch something on there. You have to actually go to their website. But anyway, this is... Uh, this is, this is whoa, my goodness gracious. Let's just mute that because we don't need to hear that mess. Um this is uh this is the entourage, if you will. You can see they they've taken down all of the U.S. flags. They're they're nowhere to be seen here at all. And this is what you got there in San Francisco. Yeah, pretty pretty. I don't know. Seems treasonous to me. Just evidence of more of it. So, here's these guys doing this stuff. Yeah, I know it's in San Francisco. San Francisco is a a city literally full of crap. And, uh, And they, you know, just justify the most ungodly of behaviors and abominations. There's no question about that. So, here is the, um, let's, let's start with, let's start with Bill Gates here. This comes from our friend Alan uh, Alex Newman, and uh, here's what he had to say: The United Nations and Bill Gates 50 and one 50 and five scheme to impose digital public infrastructure, including digital ID, digital currency, and digital wallets, is really a plan to eliminate privacy and liberty worldwide. Um, the UN-led plan, which involves getting 50 national governments fully on board with digitization and digital public goods in five years aims to create digital systems that are interoperable. The goal is for all of humanity to participate. Will you? If not, what will you do to push back? Um, So here's what what he's going to bring into into focus here. He'll explain the evildoers behind the so-called fourth industrial revolution, such as 
Klaus Schwab, uh, hope to see a fusion of people's digital and biological identities. The implication should alarm all who care about privacy, freedom, and civilization. Yeah, just liberty in general. And we're talking about, yeah, they want to put things in your body to track you, to help you pay for your slavery and everything else. And so uh, this runs about 11 minutes or so. It's a, it's a really good interview. Um, the, the, the chick that's setting it up here, uh, Allison, this is from One American News, and she takes some time to set it up before she brings Alex on. So t- pay attention to this. Listen to what Alex is pointing out about how they're going about these kinds of things. Well, if you thought we were on the fast track to a digital gulag and social credit system, then grab your tinfoil hat and pat yourself on the back because you thought correct. The UN has officially announced plans to roll out digital IDs worldwide by the year, you guessed it, 2030. And guess what? They will be mandatory for anyone who wishes to participate in society. The UN has officially just launched its 50 and 5 initiative this week on November 8th. Now, what exactly is 50 and 5 and what does it set out to do? Well, buckle up and let me tell you. 50 and 5 establishes a common framework for a unified DPI amongst all the nations of the world. Now, you may be asking, what is a unified DPI? DPI stands for Digital Public Infrastructure, which by definition of the new 50 and 5 initiative is a secure network of components that includes a digital ID, digital payments like CBDC, and data exchange systems. Now, you may be thinking, hmm, this sounds awfully familiar. We've heard all this before, right? And you would be correct. Remember, UN Agenda 30 Sustainable Development Goal, or SDG 16.9, is all about digital ID, and the UN Secretary General has mandated that it be developed in collaboration with the World Bank. Oh, but wait up, it doesn't end there. We also must remember our friendly globalists over at the World Economic Forum, who in February of 2022 released a report entitled Advancing Towards Digital Agency. Don't believe me? Just head over to their own website, where they quite literally show you everything a digital ID will grant one permission to partake in. With a digital ID, you'll be able to shop, send and receive payments, access health services, government services, social media, and more. But without it, You won't be able to do anything. And if that wasn't disturbing enough, in the same document on the following page, it says that in the future, a digital ID will be embedded in the body. Now, before I bring on my next guest, who is an expert on this topic, I want to play a video from the Co-Develop Fund, which is one of the main funders of the new 50 and 5 initiative. Check it out. The world is a couple of years into a terrible pandemic, which has led to tremendous loss of life and livelihoods. As the pandemic raged, some countries were able to provide rapid secure support to their citizens using digital public infrastructure. These systems can also be used to power solutions that advance the sustainable development goals and improve the everyday lives of individuals. Many countries that didn't have these capabilities are now keen to adopt digital public infrastructure. Over the past three years, 50 countries reached out to the World Bank and other institutions for support to build these systems for their citizens. At CoDevelop, our mission is to work with countries as they develop inclusive, safe and equitable digital public infrastructure. The good news is that we don't have to start from scratch. 
hundreds of millions of public funds invested in digital public infrastructure over the last decade have led to successful population-scale deployments in several countries. With coordinated support, these building blocks can be leveraged to achieve similar success around the world. We have a once-in-a-generation opportunity. Catalytic funding could unlock billions from traditional aid institutions and help build digital public infrastructure that creates trillions in value for citizens globally. We welcome the opportunity to partner with you along our journey. Let's co-develop. And with that, we welcome Alex Newman back to the program, CEO of Liberty Sentinel Media. Alex, thanks so much for being back with us. I know we've touched on this many times before, but it's incredible to see it rapidly developing here. Can you remind us all, Alex, why this whole push is so dangerous uh, for our freedom and individual liberty? Well, thank you, Allison. It's great to be here. And, and I think one of the key things people need to understand is this actually means the end of all privacy. Once everything is digital, everything then is surveilled, everything is monitored. Once you combine that with AI technology and allow all this data to be mined, analyzed, tracked, shared, uh, what you're dealing with here is a digital panopticon. A panopticon was this kind of idea for a prison where every single prisoner could be visible at every moment of the day, no matter what they were doing right from the middle of the structure. That's what we're dealing with here, except on a global level. And then you mentioned the World Economic Forum. When you combine this with the ravings of people like Klaus Schwab, who thinks of himself, at least, as a pioneer in what he calls the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Uh, he did a whole book on this. I encourage people to read it because he, he explains that eventually all these digital technologies are going to be embedded under our skin. Some of them will even be uh, embedded into our brains. And he says this clearly in his book. He says it clearly in public interviews. He says eventually we're going to see a fusion of our digital and our biological identities. So that's where all this is headed toward. It means the end of privacy, the end of freedom, and a totalitarian global system. System that will be essentially inescapable. Uh, that's that's really the end goal here, Allison. Yeah, it is, and it should alarm everyone, as we often discuss. Uh, but it seems like not enough people are really aware that this is our inevitable future if we don't stop it. Alex, is it surprising to you that the same cast of characters like the UN, like the World Economic Forum, the Rockefeller Foundation, and Bill Gates even are involved with this new 50 and 5 initiative? It doesn't surprise me at all, Allison. Actually, I've been writing articles on this for over a decade. The ID2020, co-sponsored by Microsoft and the Rockefeller Foundation, launched a decade ago to promote this concept of digital IDs. In 2012, over a decade ago, was born the Better Than Cash Alliance. This was a project of multiple UN agencies, Bill and Melinda Gates, the Rockefellers, the credit card companies. So over a decade ago, they were talking about the alleged desirability of moving away from cash and toward digital payments. And when you combine that with Agenda 2030, which the UN at the time was openly calling the master plan for humanity, saying that no one can be left behind. Everyone's going to have to participate in the system. It was very clear 10 years ago what they were doing. The problem is, Allison, as you pointed out, people have not been paying attention. They hear a little piece about digital ID over here. They hear a piece about central bank digital currencies over there. They don't realize that all of this is part of one unified, to borrow one of their words, superstructure that they're trying to impose 
on every person on this planet. So we need to be paying attention. We need to be actively resisting this if we hope to preserve freedom, privacy, et cetera, for future generations. And we need to be doing it like yesterday. <laughs> we most certainly do. You know, I also can't help but think of how the WHO also wants to establish the vaccine passport, as we know. And uh, according to the World Economic Forum, the framework for such would be this digital ID. And according to newly agreed uh, to amendments to the 2005 International Health Regulations Treaty, a vaccine passport would be established. Now, obviously, numerous global-level governmental organizations are all on the same sheet of music here, helping to establish the seemingly universal key necessary for everything they have planned, and, and that, of course, is the digital ID. But Alex, uh, to touch on what you just mentioned, how are more people not seeing and understanding what's happening here, and, and how can anyone not see the parallels also to what's mentioned in Revelation chapter 13. Yeah, Revelation chapter 13 is something everybody needs to go reread right now. Right, when this was written 2,000 years ago, the idea that some global system would be able to stop every person on the planet from buying or selling if they wouldn't take some mark, if they wouldn't participate in some system, must have sounded absolutely crazy, Allison. I mean, it, you know, there was no global government at the time. There were people scattered all across the face of the earth, people living in the jungles that nobody had ever seen before. Uh, the idea of a global system stopping everybody would have just been simply inconceivable. And yet today, we're actually watching the architecture of this abomination being rolled out before our eyes. And I, I think the reason people haven't caught on, Allison, there's several, right? We, we are now several generations into a dumbing down and indoctrination campaign taking place in the public schools. We now have a, a just ubiquitous false narrative coming out of the fake media, coming out of the mainstream media where nothing is put into context, nothing of any substance is going to be revealed to the people consuming this media. And then you combine that with all the distractions, right? They're, they're trying to divide Americans. They want you divided on what football team you support. They want you divided on what color your skin is, on whether you're a man or a woman or a bi gender. So all of these things contribute, I think, to the massive blind spot that is allowing all of this to happen. Uh, now, again, is the time, folks, for people to be paying attention and getting involved. Amen. Absolutely. I mean, with all the wars and rumors of wars happening all around the globe, this included, combined with just the endless mind-numbing social media distractions and all the rest, it's far past time we pull our head out of the sand and wake up. Alex, quickly before we're out of time, what can or should we be doing during this time and what should our so-called leaders be doing to counteract this? Well, there's a lot that can and should be done. At the individual level, you want to use cash as much as possible. Stop using their digital payments and all the rest of it. Uh, at the local, the community level, you want to start creating networks. Get farmers and plumbers and, and people who provide different services together. Find ways to collaborate together outside of the system as much as possible. At the state level, work on passing state laws banning these things. I've worked with legislators all across the country now on legislation to stop CBDCs. One state, two states, three states won't be able to do it. 28, 29, 30 states might be able to put a dent in this agenda. Uh, call your member of Congress right now. All these appropriations bills are moving through the process. Call your member of Congress. Tell them not one more penny for this United Nations and for this agenda from hell that they're trying to impose on us. Those are things that everybody can do right now as soon as they're done watching this program, Allison. I love it. You guys heard it. I hope you're listening. Take action and don't wait. We don't have much time to spare. Alex Newman, great advice. Thank you so much for joining us and weighing in today. Thank you, Allison. For all our okay. viewers, all right. So you, America News. Ugh. So, so you get you get what's going on. You you get what's going on there. Um, again, <laughs> it, it it's incredible to me that 
these things these things haven't been done before. That that this is this is what this is the whole picture of what's going on. And listen, you're talking about some people are not going to be reached because they're not they're not a big enough threat. So they don't need to control them. Some of these people out in the jungle, they don't need to control them. And yes, there are some people that are way out in the jungle. They're not doing anything with, and they're not going to do anything with them because they're not a threat to them. This all is to control the people. You say, how do you know that, Tim? How do you know there's people like that and this, that, and the other? I've got friends that are missionaries in places that's literally jungle where people live in the trees. They build their little flat parts that they walk, cook, and sleep on up in the trees like 30 feet off the ground. There's no technology out there at all to use. And they would have no need of the money system that's been in place because they don't use it. There's an idea. There's an idea. If you don't want to participate in the system, get out of it. This is things that I've been thinking of to get just completely out of this system, the entire thing. If I could do it today, if, if God would persuade my wife, I would do it today. I'd be willing to sell everything I got and go somewhere and live my life without it. Yeah, I'm going to have, it'll be a hard learning curve. There's no question about that, but I've already started learning and learning what's necessary and needed to do those things. But can you imagine having to live your life like this, like what we just heard. Who wants to live that? Wouldn't you much rather live it growing your own food? Being in, in, in the work of the creation, using the creation as God intended it to be? Taking dominion in that fashion? Teaching your kids to do those kinds of things? And not having to have the world money system that we have right now? done several shows to, to point out it's lawless. It's lawless from head to toe. You can't even get justice when you go to the courtroom. You're supposed to get that. I mean, they're engaged in thievery most time. They want to take your money. They're happy to do that. The lawyers and the attorneys are all involved in it and everything else, too. Wouldn't it be great just to just get out of that system? Yeah. Or at least reverse this one. But you're going to have to get rid of the lawless money. That's the issue. You're going to have to get rid of the lawless money. And the only way I see that you're going to be able to do that is to abolish D.C. Because they're the ones who illegally gave authority to a private entity known as the Federal Reserve Bank to counterfeit money. That's what they're doing. Because constitutional money is gold and silver. But that's where they get us, isn't it? They get us needing all these services. Well, Tim, people got to have electricity. So for how many hundreds or thousands of years would you say people didn't have electricity? Well, Tim, people got to have internet. Well, how many hundreds or thousands of years did people not have internet? Well, people, Tim, got to people got to have this, that, and the other. Most of these are luxuries, if, if you really want to get down to it. They're luxuries that we 
incur. And I think back to reading 1984 and all of this kind of stuff that Alex is talking about, this sounds just like that. The surveillance state, watching everything you do from you drinking your morning coffee to you going to the bathroom to wherever you go when you're out and about. Remember, Winston had to hide behind his screen so they wouldn't see him. And I, this is exactly where all this stuff kind of goes. It goes right in that direction. And yeah, I think there's a proper application for Revelation 13 right here. No question about that. So, we heard a lot about Bill Gates in this. Um, somebody asked in the chat, you know, where did, where did Bill Gates get, uh, you know, his um, uh, authority to be involved in any of this? Well, he didn't get any authority. The problem was he's gotten in and he's schmoozed politicians and bureaucrats. That's what they've done. If you ask me, this is where it all kind of goes back. You know, you've got guys who've got a lot of money. And like Bill Gates, he, he becomes a target for everybody to look at, even though there's others behind that are that are pretty much more in the shadows who fund a lot more stuff than Bill Gates or George Soros. Both of them are criminals, as far as I'm concerned. But they're the faces that kind of get out there. And they're the ones pushing that kind of agenda. They're just the mouthpiece. They're just the uh, the apostles of the WEFUN, you know, world utopia that they want, that they think they're going to build. And that's going on. And you can... I, there's a, there's a part, if you step back, you can kind of see how all these things are converging to push the people slowly into the mold of the vision of the future that they have. Now, I'm going to tell you, I don't fear it. And I don't fear it because my father knows exactly what they're doing. He knows exactly what they're doing. But our Father has called us to warn the people. He's called us to tell the people to repent, to turn from sin. Look, if you're going to turn from the one and only king, and you're going to turn to pretended kings, pretended leaders, pretended potentates, popes, whatever then God's going to hand you over to them. And guess what they have for you? They've got change for you. My father doesn't have change for you. He's got the key to loose you. But if men want to go down that road, God will give you over to it. But while they're promising you liberty, remember 2 Peter chapter 2, while they're promising you liberty, they themselves are the slaves of corruption. They are. And what does God say he'll do when the people won't listen? When they, when, they, when they depart wickedly from him and they will not return? Well, Psalm 9. He says, That I may show forth all thy praises in the gates of the daughter of Zion. I'll rejoice of thy salvation. The heathen are sunk down in the pit that they made. In the net which they hid is their own foot taken, 
The Lord is known by the judgment which he executeth. You know, you hear us reference that often. He's not known by his grace. He's known by the judgment which he executeth. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. Hegean, Salah. The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. That means they once remembered him, right? They once remembered him, but they forget him. For the needy shall not always be forgotten. The expectation of the poor shall never not perish forever. Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Is that your, is that your prayer? Yep, that's mine too. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. Boy, we need to have these kind of prayers, believers. But we need to have these kind of prayers. Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. Selah. Let Klaus Schwab, let Bill Gates, let... Noah Harari realized they are nothing but men. And they answer to my father. They give they will give an answer to my father. They will. And they need to know it. And so will you and I. So will you and I. None of us get out of giving an answer to God for what we've done in this life. So we come here to this, uh, you know, this is the Fauci Paul part of the uh, the joke, if you will. This comes from our friend Suzanne Hamner, and she's in the chat this morning. Good morning, Suzanne. Good to see you in there. And um, she took a little piece out of the epic, the Epoch Times. I don't know. Do you say epic? Epic would be E-P-I-C, right? Epoch Times. Um, and she's talking about, uh, you know... Rand Paul, who's obviously not his daddy, and most kids are not. They're just not their daddy. They're they're different in a lot of ways, and in a lot of ways they fall way short of where dad is. But Rand Paul's not his daddy, but he's seeking some federal criminal charges against Anthony Fauci. And... Um, Here's some of the article, and then I want to read a couple of things that Suzanne wrote because they're really good when it comes to pointing some of these things out. Here's what she writes. Dr. Paul alleges Dr. Fauci and multiple other parts of the federal government engaged in an extensive cover-up of the origin, threat, and potential treatments for COVID-19. The senator said he detailed the two-year misdirection in his book, Deception, The Great COVID Cover-Up, published in October. Virtually everything they said in private, they said the opposite in the public at the same time, Dr. Paul said. And then uh, Suzanne writes, Yon, how does any scientist do gain-of-function research on any quote-unquote virus when viruses have not been uh, ever been proven to exist? And I'm beginning to think when they're referencing that, they show you these pictures and all, but after listening to artists and understanding virus and venom and how they go hand-in-hand, hand, I think that's what they really mean. They, they should say it, but they're not saying it that. Um, but she's right. How do scientists manipulate any virus when all that is ever isolated is genetic material? Scientists are great at showing still photographs of what is claimed to be a virus. However, they have not been they have not been any intact viruses ever isolated. So where does that leave us? 
All these scientists manipulating the genes of viruses, if you do an internet search using the terms failure of CRISPR technology, you'll find the Cas9 nucleus enzyme, I hope I said that right, fails about 15% of the time. Plus, this technology, when used for human gene editing, can cause cascading failure, cells discarding large chunks of their genetic material, and can result in genetic havoc in 50% of specimens. Sounds like they're not even close to doing what they want to do in the body with this stuff. One could surmise that gain-of-function research is not what it is stated it is. Instead, it could be the creation of bioweapons, which I, I think that's spot on, and mimic diseases. Different kind of toxins. That's, that's, that's spot on. I think that's exactly what that is. Um, however, in the case of COVID, uh, the COVID-1984, it was nothing more than a planned scandemic using a test that is not diagnostic of anything and multiplies whatever is there producing a result, quote-unquote, interpreted how someone determined it should be interpreted. That's part of the real crime. Now, she goes on in that, and I'll, you, I'll have the link here so you guys can take a look at it. But she finishes up with a, with a few paragraphs here that I want to read because I think they're good in, in kind of tying all that stuff together. And I do think that they're trying to use some of these injections and tie it in with what we just heard with this 50 and 5, UN 2030, all this kind of stuff, because I think it was Catherine Austin, Austin Fitz was putting all that stuff together. The satellites going up, the banking system, the CBDCs, all this kind of digital currency and everything. And then here's what, uh, here's what Suzanne concluded here regarding the Paul Fauci issue. Senator Paul is absent when it comes to eradication of informed consent, government employees receiving royalties on the patented vaccine, censorship of information, attacks against freedom of speech, malignments against bodily autonomy due to a, plan, uh, a pandemic, uh, mandating an experimental treatment in the form of gene therapy touted as vaccines, the huge number of deaths and illnesses as a result of mandating experimental treatments, attacks against physicians engaging professional dialogue regarding this illness and treatments using observational studies, suspending physician licenses for writing exemptions to these experimental injections and suspension of the Constitution for the United States of America because of a planned scandemic, implementation of a test that is not diagnostic in nature, skewing of COVID death counts, the interposition of cases and infections, the loss of income of thousands who stood for their right to make choices regarding their health care treatment, and a host of other atrocious measures perpetrated by federal, state, and local governments. Yeah, I, you know, I don't see anybody, I don't see anybody really bringing all this stuff together and saying, okay, Pfizer, FDA, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, AstraZeneca, uh, Donald Trump with his Operation Warp Speed, Joe Biden with his mandates, and anybody that had anything to do with it that I didn't mention, were they being arrested? Were they being charged? Were they even taken seriously, except this was just kind of like a bad product they produced, right? And I don't even know that they're even, produ I don't even, know that they're even promoting that view. She goes on, Senator Paul doesn't want to address any of it, 
which is understandable when you know his wife Kelly purchased stock in COVID treatment maker Gilead, the maker of Run Death is Near. She purchased the stock in February 2020, just as the scamdemic was gaining a foothold. Remember, Fauci was touting remdesivir as a treatment in March of 2020. Same, same guy who was doing the, what was that stuff, the a, AZT for the AIDS patients, and it was killing all of them? It, this is the same kind of thing. He knows it's doing it, and he doesn't care. The entire... Well, mm. I get frustrated. I shouldn't be, but I get a little frustrated. He was touting this remdesivir treatment in March of 2020. Now, when Senator Paul certainly stood against the use of non-pharmaceutical countermeasures against COVID, uh, the COVID-19-84, he is missing the boat with his pursuit of charges against Fauci for perjury. What was perpetrated against the American people and the people of the world is more egregious than perjury and involves so many more than just Fauci. He doesn't even consider those at the Center for Disease Control. I left those out a minute ago, too. And prevention. The World Health Organization, the Chinese Communist Party, the pharmaceutical industry, other non-governmental organizations, and multitudes of professional organizations, associations, who were all in on deceiving the public, yeah, including the Mockingbird Media, who gets a large part of their advertising from pharmaceutical companies. Where's Senator Paul on the enormous power delegated to public health entities to mandate health care treatments? Amen. Where, where is he on that? Where's that in Article 1 of the U.S. Constitution? It's not there. It's not there. But no, everybody thinks they're entitled to some form of health care service or another provided by the U.S. government. I mean, we have people, quote-unquote conservatives, Christians, Constitution, they believe they're entitled to those things. Some of you listening to me think you're entitled to it, too. Go in Article 1, send me an email. There's a contact button on top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. Send me an email. Show me an Article 1 where they had a right to set up a retirement fund for us. And that we would pay into that. Where is that at? We never gave them authorization to do that. We never gave them authorization for any kind of welfare. Any kind. You know, if you, if you want your neighbor looked after, you look after them. What, what, what did Jesus say? He gave us that great story, the, great, the Good Samaritan. You guys are familiar with that? Where's the government involved in that? Where's the healthcare system involved in that? They're not. It's called love. Because the question was, who's my neighbor? How am I supposed to love my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And the Lord tells the story of the man who's going up from Jerusalem. He's caught by bandits and beaten. And what happens? He's left for dead. He's robbed. He's laying there naked in the middle of the road. And the religious guys come along. The Levite and the priest, and they kind of, oh, I don't want to be unclean. Oh, I've got to get down to the temple and worship the Lord. I've got to, get, I've got to do this. 
And they had no compassion and no love for a man who was laying on the road, bleeding and dying. And then a guy comes up who's a quote-unquote half-breed, a Samaritan, the mortal enemy of the Jews of that day, the Israelites of that day. And the Bible says he has compassion on him. And he got down. He took wine and oil. He poured it into his wounds. He bandaged him up. He put him on his own donkey and he took him to an inn. And he paid for the guy to stay there. And he asked the guy, he said, hey, take care of this man. And when I come back, I'll pay you what I owe you. Didn't even know him. I'm sure he recognized he was not one of his people. But he had compassion on him. And he showed him love. There are too many people who are ready for the government to quote-unquote love their neighbors. To love them. Government doesn't have that power. It is a fictitious entity. The government can't speak by itself. It, it doesn't have a voice to speak in the sense of what we call the United States of America government. It speaks through the people. And the people have not authorized the government to love anybody. To provide charity for anybody. God has put that in the hands of you and me. And we're to love our neighbors. As ourselves. That, could be, that can be a whole show in and of itself because I think too many times what happens is people look at love as the touchy-feely thing, the thing that gives them the goosebumps. Um, you know, it's the kind of sloppy Budweiser commercial that says, I love you, man. No, it's actions. 1 John 3.18, that's our ministry verse. It's actions. It's demonstrated in actions. Sometimes it's demonstrated in words. I'm not saying that words don't communicate Love, they do. But it's always demonstrating our actions of what we do. Unlike this next story we're going to talk about, down in Texas, we're told that there was a Muslim on, who was on the terror watch list who murdered a SWAT cop and two hostages had bomb-making materials. Now look, I, I know they throw the bomb-making materials in there, but just hear me out for a second. Every time I hear stuff when, they, when that has to be thrown in there, there's a part of me that thinks, okay, we're putting into the minds that somehow bombs should not be in the hands of the citizenry too. If you understand what I'm saying, when you read that, it kind of comes out that way. And it's interesting because... I don't care if you have bomb materials. I, I really don't. I care if you go use those bomb materials to make a bomb and go commit a crime. But if every intention is to stop tyranny and you're not using it, obviously, in an offensive way to go and terrorize people and kill people, I don't have a problem with people. I mean, I just don't have a problem with it. Why? Because those who uphold the law in their own lives are not going to go out and commit crimes against other people. They're not going to do it. And those intent on it are going to do these things. So we go down into South Austin, 
And there we got the report. Ahmed Mohammed Nassar. What? Wait a minute. Wasn't Nassar the name of the dude down there in Texas? The He was high up in the army or whatever, and he shot all those people? Wasn't that a Nassar guy? Wasn't his last name Nassar too? Seemed like it was. Maybe somebody in the chat can confirm that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure his name was too. Anyway, he was a resident of South Austin. He was 35 years old. He was on the terror watch list, but the feds clearly weren't watching. Oh, no, 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 they were watching. They know where these guys are. They're giving them the green light. Now, how many people have not been paying attention to that? This is why I've said all along, I, you know, even I don't, I don't know all the details. I don't claim to know all mysteries and everything else about 9-11 and all. I know that the official narrative is bunk. But I've always thought that they had a mixture of the truth of what they were revealing and what actually happened. And this is, I mean, it's just, it's absolutely incredible. This tells us that the feds weren't watching. I think they are watching. I think they know where all these guys are. I think they know how to turn them on. I think they know how to handle them. I think they know how to manipulate them. We've had people on this show who have been targeted with energy weapons and they turned it into something good. They went to school to learn how to pull back layers of audio and they've been able to hear our government, our government, the CIA, using voice-to-skull technology against certain people. One of them was the alleged Parkland shooter. That guy. And you heard their testimonies on the show here. One of them, it was it was targeted at her. The voice-to-skull stuff. They know where they're at. They know how to turn them on. They know how to control them. So, yeah, I don't, I don't buy that they don't know anything about it. That's just nonsense. They were too busy hunting for January 6th insurrectionists. Yeah, with SWAT teams and tanks and everything else for one guy. It's absolutely crazy. A guy who didn't kill anybody, didn't have any weapons or none of that stuff. I mean, it's just, it, it's absolutely incredible. With a 911 call from a stabbing victim. Or excuse me, I'm sorry, we, I just jumped way down there. And white supremacists. CBS Austin reported that on Saturday, the incident began at 2.49 a.m. and they, with a 9-11 call from a stabbing victim. Police arrived within about 10 minutes and discovered that two others had been hurt as well. They were inside the house with Nassar. The situation escalated quickly. CBS's report added that a third victim of Nassar escaped, was located by officers reporting the suspect, Still possessed a knife. APD officers attempted a rescue at around 3 a.m., but were fired upon by Nassar, leading to a SWAT call-out. Once a SWAT team arrived, Nassar, who was wearing body armor and had a rifle, started firing upon it as well. In the melee, two police officers were shot, and despite medical efforts, Officer George Pastore, 38, died from his injuries. 
A second officer was treated and later released from the hospital and inside the home. There were two more victims, Aman, Iman Ahmed El Namer Nassar, 63, and Riyadh Mohammed Nassar, 32. Ahmed Mohammed Nassar, boy, you got to keep these guys, this is something, was also found dead, apparently killed in his gun battle with police. I'll bet they will have no, I'm just scrolling down through here, they'll have no idea of what really brought this on. It's on the terror watch list, but we we just don't know why Nassar did what he did. We can't figure it out. You know, there was an old saying when I was growing up, called garbage in, garbage out, and it was sort of a computer term, if you will, that if you put bad code in, you're going to get something crappy coming out of it. Um, and the same thing is true spiritually speaking. What you put in, you're going to eventually put it out. If you're going to put death, destruction, and especially if you're going to combine that thinking you're doing God a favor, and you're obeying God and glorifying Him with murdering people... Well, what do you expect is going to come out if that's what you focus on? Yeah. Where, where is that coming from? Well, that comes from the founder of Islam. It does come from Muhammad. And unlike, look, unlike Scripture, I know there's some, quote-unquote, the dark side of the Scripture or whatever. There's not a dark side. In, in God is all light. There's no dark side. But I understand what people are saying. There's some things that just seem, boy, this seems pretty heavy. This is pretty pretty dark. You know, God tells the, the people of Israel to go into the land because the people have become so wicked. That's why he's driving them out, and he says, you kill them, every last one, and their livestock, and all of it. You just wipe it all out, and we're going to start from scratch. That sounds pretty dark. All that's going on at the beginning of the Scriptures. All of the murder... And all of the killing and all of the stuff, the bad stuff that we think of with Islam, all that's going on in the latter parts of the Quran. That's going on in the latter parts. And this is what Muhammad was engaged in. So if you follow a man of blood like that, what are you expecting that you would end up being? And again, I realize that there are many people who are Muslim in name only. They don't know all these things. They, they've been like Christians in name only. They call themselves Christians. They'll go to church. They may have a Bible, but they really don't know their Bible. So they're not interested in obeying it. And so when, when you start talking about God's law, what His commands, His statutes, and His judgments, when you talk, combine that and bring it up so that you point people to the gospel of Jesus Christ, they look at you like you got three heads. Why? Because they don't know the Scriptures. And so what happens in all of this? Well, the Bible tells us, Judges chapter 5, chose new gods, and there was war in the gates. Was there a shield or spear seen among 40,000 in Israel? They chose new gods, then was war in the gates. You know, the Bible warns about going after false prophets and false teachers that either they, they say something is going to happen, and it does, 
And the Bible says, they lead you after a God you have not known. I'll say in the United States, we have seen many pastors, leaders of churches, Christian leaders and such, lead people after a God that our forefathers didn't know. They lead them a God, they lead them after a God who is not the God of Scripture, yet they use Scripture to try to describe Him. That's devilish. That's devilish. That's what the devil does. He uses Scripture. He uses the truth. He leaves off a little bit here. He tacks on a little bit there. He manipulates a little bit in the middle. That's what he does. That's devilish. In America, America is following after a God that those who came before us did not know. They did not know. If you hear or watch Bradley's video, I don't know if it was his grandmother or his wife's grandmother, but she was just talking about when she went to church every Sunday. This has been, I'm, I'm guessing it would be about 70 years ago or more. And she said, when we went in, we heard the law and the prophets every Sunday. The law and the prophets, the law and the prophets. The law and... Why? Because they're pointing to Jesus. They're pointing to Christ. And what does Isaiah say? If they don't reference the law and the prophets, there's no light in them. Do you wonder why we reference Old Testament passages so much? It's to point back to the Christ of the New Testament. When you bring that mountain of the law over the center and you set it up and the fire is going and the lightnings are flashing, it should drive the center to Christ. That's what it should do. That's what This was the picture that John Bunyan had in Pilgrim's Progress. When Christian comes to the mountain, it's the, it's the picture of Sinai, the picture of the law, that the mountain's just going to fall in on him. Why? Because he's such a sinner. And he needs to be redeemed. He needs to have his sin dealt with. And yet preachers won't tell people that today. They want them to have their best life yet. Look, I want you to have your best life yet, okay? But I want you to do it according to what God has said to do. And you meet him on his terms, not your own. You see what's going on around you. You see the nation being turned into hell because she's wickedly departed from God. And you don't know what to do. It's part of your sin and my sin and the combined sins of the people that's bringing it on us. That's why there must be repentance. And it's got to begin with us, the people and the house of God first. We've got to set the example of what repentance is. Then, we will call for righteousness. We will give the gospel unashamedly. And we'll see the glory of God come out on the country, if we'll do the first thing. And that's repent. Bradley, be with you at 3. We'll see you in the morning, bright and early, with Kate Shimarani, 8 a.m. Talk to you then.